podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another transfer show on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Denny. I am, of course, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. A bit older and no less wise. Or is it a bit wiser? I'm not sure. One way or the other, I'm still here. And the man with the information is Dave Davis. Welcome, Dave. Hi, pal. Happy belated birthday, I should say, to you as well. So congratulations for the other day. But Looking forward to this one. There is a million things to chat about. There really is. It seems to be. That's a lot of info you've packed into our little uh, show plan here. So I'm looking forward to hitting over as many of these skittles as we can. Let's start, as we always do, Dave, with the Reds. Um, Now, we're going to use a word at the start here, and we might as well get it kind of out of the way quickly because it's a word people don't really want to hear. And we'll flag it up now because you are getting lots of different bits of info and we are hearing lots of very consistent consistent, won't-go-away style rumours. We're all a little wary of those after Jude Bellingham. However, we do also have to temper the desire to buy all the people now with a little bit of patience, I guess. Um, It's not what people want to hear. And yet, like I say, best we hit that one out the gate um, so that people are a little bit aware of it, because that is actually what's being said, that, you know, a little bit of patience will yield a little bit of reward here. Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. And you're right. No one wants to hear it. I get it completely. No one wants to hear it. But at the moment, it's just because Liverpool are quiet publicly doesn't mean they're not moving privately. So look at the clues, what we've been hearing as well, as we know, Trev. I know people want to hear or want to shout, well, we'll just get the deals done if you want them. And I get all that. There's no alternative, though. You can't, you're not going to rush the club on it. I know no one wants to hear it, but Listen, we'd do it tomorrow. We know we'd be getting deals done left, right and centre on stupid money if it was us, but that's a different subject. So we're just going to have to be patient and see what the summer brings a little bit. And I know everyone's shouting when they're listening to this now, whenever that may be, but it is what it is somewhat, Trev. Yeah, and and when you hear that sort of caveat being uh, uh, popped in there by uh, journalists, I I understand that it makes people feel uh, frustrated and maybe a bit wary but, you know, we also have to consider the fact that it might well just be what they're being told as well. So let's take that for what it is. And we do know that there are going to be several people leaving the club. Um, and it does seem as if several of those deals uh, are pretty much done and dusted. Uh, in that regard, what what do we know at this stage about James Milner's move to Brighton, um, but Leighton Clarkson's move to uh, Aberdeen. We've also got Davies Carvalho, um, which I know you got a little bit of information from David Lynch about. Talk to us a little bit about what we can t- say about Red's outgoings at the moment. 
Yeah, quite a few, as you said. So in, in a nice way, it's nice that James Milner at this stage has got a nice move to Brighton in sort of a, a player coaching capacity that way. It's a good move for him, you know, in all respect to an Anfield legend. Lane Clarkson to Aberdeen. So as, as was reported, there was real interest from the Glasgow Giants, Rangers and Celtic, but Aberdeen with the European football managed to get that done. All the indications are, Trev, on that, because we've been asking like how much when it was in, undisclosed, that it's linked to the Calvin Ramsey transfers. No one's got exact figures, but almost a, this is a, a suspicion, if that's the right phrase, that a certain amount's been knocked off that deal either way, shall we say. Young Harvey Davis, the goalie on loan to Cruz. There's a lot of sort of outgoings of ramped up. Carvalho is an interesting one because naturally we, we had the pod with Lynch and even today as we, we caught up with um, Neil Jones for Media Matters. The club is briefing strongly. He's not going anywhere permanently. That's definitely not happening, but, you know, we're looking at options. That's the briefing that they're giving. However, Trev, as the journals keep saying... If that's the case, we're not sure, but as they're saying, I'm not sure we fully buy that one. Why all the negotiations with Red Bull Leipzig then? Why do they keep carrying on? If it was just a loan, this would be so, so easy to sort. But that is not what is happening. So one to keep an eye on. But yeah, Fab Carvalho would not surprise you if it's a perm eventually. It is weird, isn't it, that there are Premier League clubs interested I can see that causing some people to throw their hands up in the air and say, well, if, if he's good enough for another Premier League club, why is he not good enough to be in and around their squad? I mean, do we have any... What's your own personal take on that, Dave? I mean, I, I, I thought there was a lot in what Jürgen was saying by the end of the season. It just seemed as if he wasn't just what the manager fancies or wasn't capable of getting to where the manager wants him to be. And I, and again, I don't know if that's a definitive, it's never going to happen or if it was a short term thing. What was the feel you got from that around Carvalho? For him almost piecing bits together, what we've heard, like you said, the, the presses that, that Klopp's given, my honest take on it is, and, and this could be well wrong, you know, don't, you know, please don't stick any stock in this as it were. I just get the feeling Klopp doesn't particularly fancy him that much now. He's seen him, now he's had him. You know, we know Jürgen loves to go overboard with praise, usually just before he gives a little nudge to the exit signs, as it were. Also, personally, I look at Carvalho, and as I'm saying this, please, 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 anyone who's listening, just because I don't think a player will make it at Liverpool doesn't make them a bad player. Sometimes it's the ability, the skill set, the start, whatever you want to call it. I just don't see it happening because of the position he plays, the style we play, at Liverpool long term. That's why I'm thinking this stance is a negotiation tactic, Trev. It's a hard stance, so come on then. We're not selling him. However, if you make a decent offer, I just get the feeling those negotiations with the likes of Red Bull, as we know, are all based around that. However, if they cannot get the fee they want, Trev, here's how I honestly see it. I think they'll do a deal with a Premier League club, we, we've been told that West Ham are quite interested in the player. Burnley, another one that's looked for a loan fee. So it knocks a bit of a chunk off his original fee. And they'll be hoping for a Rian Brewster type transfer. I.e. does well at this club, it increases his value. They get the sale they want. But I'm not saying he's a bad player. Please be clear on that. I just can't see it happening at Liverpool. Would love to be wrong, but don't see it. 
I, I find myself very much in agreement. That's where I landed as well. And again, like you say, we're reading between the lines there. Now, the big story that everyone wants to hear, every little thing they can about, and I saw uh, a piece from Dave Hendrick on this player and how he might fit in best at the club. And, you know, obviously, again, it's speculation until it happens, but the, the link is so strong with Kevin Turum. Um I know that you have information from a number of sources here. So what are the most uh, clear, <laughs> I use the word advice, the details that you have on a potential move for Turan? Do you know what, Trev? When I think of Turan now, I can't get it out of my head. I think of a Spice Girls tune. The reason I'm saying that is, as per the likes of David Lynch, Neil Jones, they've said quite a few times now, you know, publicly, Liverpool really like around they really do it's like tell me what you want what you really really want type of thing so we clearly like him all the suggestions we've had are like yeah Liverpool are, are in for him really like the player looking at the deal that way the reports from France have now suggested you know that Liverpool are there it, it's not fully sorted that's wrong to say and obviously the Euros now in Romania and Georgia's on the horizon it's almost like it'll be waiting till after that very much, though, we just um, did a, a media matter a short while ago with, with Neil Jones on that, said that midfield, he's been briefed by the club, that midfield is a priority, is the next priority. So the full expectation is the next signing is a midfielder in that regard. So you don't want to go two and two and get 27, but, you know, it just sort of adds a bit of weight to what we've been hearing. The honest thing about it, though, Trevor, is, is a bit bemusing. I know people are going to say, and I get this logic, I cannot argue against it. You want the player, you know what it'll cost, go, you know, go and get it at the shell of the deal. Just go and get it done before the Euros because his value could come up, you know, go up. That makes sense. However, the also info that we have is speaking to quite a few journos. Nice are desperate desperate for him to do well in this tournament because they're desperate for a bidding war. They're desperate to get more clubs, you know, some have expressed interest, but it seems very much that, that Liverpool are the front runners, if you want, the key club, but they really want a bidding war. Why? Just they know they're going to sell him to drive up price. And at the same time as well, with these sort of, not playing games, that's maybe a bit strong, but a bit of reluctance on that side. We're also being told that it just gives Liverpool an option that it shouldn't happen. I'm saying touch wood and everything like that but if there is a, there is a horrendous, horrendous injury or anything like that they're covered in that regard and I know no one wants to hear it but that's part of the the reasons plural why it's not being done yet but as one journalist said to us today the smart money would be on Turam as the next arrival at Anfield. It feels a little bit like inhaling a big old balloon of hopium to be saying that well the manager did say uh, that you know um, there's no rush that some of these moves can take six to seven weeks and that might line up a little bit with the end of a certain tournament and things like that so that's an interesting one to watch and we'll come back to Turam to finish out the red section in association with all the other rumours and where we are with them but there is one again that there's uh, a little bit of li liveliness picking up as well around and that's a certain Dutch defender um, with uh, I think at least two, three journals um, who are talking about this one. What do we know about Van de Vin? Yeah, it's an interesting 
twerking. Mickey's twerking towards us in his comments. His agent's twerking. He wants the move as well. And very much like you said when we had David Lynch on, and I know he said it on a, a few other broadcasts, that Liverpool do like Mickey van der Ven. He is on the, I, I, he didn't use this word, but almost a list as we keep hearing this summer. So you think about the player comments. You even think about the ones in Germany. So Plattenberg and Falk have talked about how Liverpool are watching the player closely. And you think about the comments. It just starts to build up. Even today, Trevor, is an interesting one where Neil Jones says that whilst midfield is the current priority, Liverpool do want a centre-back. Now, what he really, what I found really interesting, what he revealed and what he said, he said specifically, the brief is around a young defender who wouldn't necessarily be a starter, you know, like a Joel Matip level, that sort of thing straight away, but would almost spend that year developing and then look to progress, i.e. take the next step from there. Now, I'm not saying that by any means, Trev, that means Mickey van der Ven is coming to Anfield or anything like that, but it certainly fits with the profile, and it might even rule out a few others, like, as, as we know, Pavard, that type of thing straight away. But if Liverpool are looking at a young defender who can come in, rotate a bit, learn his trade, and then take the step, step up, that boy fits the profile, doesn't he, eh? It very much seems that way. And again, those who watch an awful lot more um, European football than I do seem to be of a mind about him as well in terms of how he would be very suitable and very um, adept in a red shirt. And, uh, you know, I... In 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 the absence of, of of personal knowledge of a player, you sort of I, I very much um, defer to any expertise. And um, if if it's if it's looking a bit more likely, and if the player himself is interested, these are all things that um, I find very encouraging. Now we're back to the patience word a little bit because the rest of the stories about players that are linked do have that sort of uh, little um, sticker attached to their foreheads. We mentioned Turam and and and. and a tournament um now of course we have been looking at um mr vega or vega can never get which one it is uh graven birch of course is a rumor that will not go away and i don't know at this stage it's starting to feel like that's very much a fallback one um again that's just supposition on my part and i think it would be one of those ones that might be greeted with a lot of underwhelm sort of act attitude, a little bit of lack of enthusiasm, enthusiasm perhaps, because like I say, there's a feel there that he might be a fallback. Again, I only know what I'm I'm getting uh, impressions of from, from, from different stories. But there are factors around budget, around availability that are really going to have a big, big impact here, as well as that. I know you're hearing that the, the club are very reluctant to be hassled and harried and pushed and pulled and manipulated because just because people know that we need players. So all of these things are going to be a factor. What, 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 talk to us about the remaining sort of rumours and about the likelihood of them, uh, 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 and specifically as it deals with when they might happen, if they're going to happen. Yeah, there's some interesting ones, exactly that. Like you said, the New names, Gabri Vega, the, the Celta Vigo youngster who's, who's at the Euros with Spain in the 21 tournament. Very much as the, the reports are saying, he's a player we are interested in. We have looked at in that regard. We've spoken to Pini Zahavi, his agent, about him. We know the clause. We almost know, Trev, what it would take. So if we do wish to make a move, it's ready to go. Chelsea very much interested in that player as well. And there's a, 
again, an opinion-wise, a lot of people think he'd be a better fit, but definitely one on the list. The Graven Birch one. This just won't go away. And, you know, it was revealed early in the summer, wasn't it, by Jonathan Norcroft and that Sunday time said, we've been over to Holland, we spoke to the players. Um, Father, you know, we set our stall out, we really like him. We've been a long-term admirer of him, Klopp, Linders especially, really like him. As David Lynch has been really expressed, one of the reasons it won't go away is, if it happens, he's, he's kind of the outlier in this, Trevor, is the way I describe it. He's got to have the discussion with Tuchel and with Bayern Munich. I.e., I mean, he did an interview yesterday, didn't he? He needs to know where he stands. I.e., Bayern Munich, do you want me? Am I going to play regular minutes? You know, he's kind of being quite public with this. If the answer isn't a resounding yes, he's going to ask to leave. You know, I can get minutes, I can get better opportunities. And Liverpool seems to be very much a potential destination. So that's a little bit of the problem, maybe too strong a word, Trev, but that's what everyone's waiting to see. What happens with that meeting? It's not going to happen instantly because he's at the Euros there. And the other big point that the club does keep briefing journos on, they're being really clear, and it's almost like journos keep repeating this, but everyone ignores it. Budget is a factor. No one wants to hear it. Availability is a factor. No one wants to hear it. LFC Liverpool will not be rushed. No one wants to hear that either. I get it. We all want transfers now. We want stuff to happen. But Liverpool will not be drawn into bidding wars on player. They will not pay above what they feel is you know, a value fee, as it were. If that means waiting, that is what Liverpool will do. It's like we say, Trev, it really is a, a patience breathing. And I understand the frustration. I get it. And listen, if they get this wrong everyone is within their rights to hammer them at the end of the window. You know, journalists have said that as well. Let's be completely clear on that. But as it stands now, the window was just open a few days ago. There's a long way to the start of the season. Let's wait and see how it develops. I guess the main one of the main things that people have to bear in mind when it comes to the rationale behind the patience conversation is there are so many moving parts across the Premier League and Europe at the moment. So many moving parts that will have a knock-on effect and therefore might leave us in a different position. A lot of people are looking at a lot of clubs. There was an expected fire sale at Chelsea. Uh, it seems, if anything, perhaps that might happen, but the opposite might happen as well. Now, I drank about my own body weight in Bushmills last night. So if you're out there listening, lads, we could do with some refills. So do get on to sponsoring the show here. And Dave, whatever your tip list this week, man, load up because we're about to move towards the broader PL scene and specifically starting with Chelsea and our man Sweeney Todd. And I just read a little thing before we got cracking here which was uh, a synopsis of a story that is going out there at the moment that Todd Bowley had to or did provide assurances to the Premier League that Saudi Arabia's public investment fund did not form part of Chelsea's ownership structure when he led the club's takeover last year. But these Chelsea-Saudi links are very strong at the moment. There's a lot of rumour and scuttlebutt around it. I don't honestly know where to start except to say I'm going to wind you up on this one now and let you off because there are too many different things for me to mention in any kind of a summary. So 
when you're ready, man, like I say, take a deep breath and start chatting Chelsea, Saudi players in and out because this is a big story. This is absolutely incredible, Trev. The window has just opened and Sweeney Todd is going for it. He is on a mad one. I'm even going to describe it as a transfer bender. He has realistically gone insane. And if I pass out, listeners, whilst I'm discussing this, my greatest apologies, but the excitement is unparalleled. It really is. So let's do the business bit, first of all. Like you said, all the suspicion about Clearwater Capital, where's the links to Saudi, the PIF, you know, managing money on their behalf, Premier League assurances, the drama there. Even today, Trev, literally about 20 minutes before we started, Chelsea have got their feeder club sorted. They have acquired the great stakes, I mean, 90-odd percent, in Strasbourg. So they've got that feeder club sorted. So that's just only going to ramp up things off the field. And we haven't even got to the players, so let's hit that. I mean, this is insane. If we talk Saudi, Ziyech, Koulibaly, Mendy, these are just the players that we're hearing are seriously likely to be heading there. There's going to be other names, even Lukaku's being mentioned because they can't seem to sort alone with Inter, absolutely insane. Even shorter term or closer to home, you look at, wow, Onana from Everton, they've been talking about from an incoming. Gallagher is an outgoing, maybe on his way to West Ham or Villa has been suggested. Pulisic there as well. He's been rumoured with Saudi. AC Milan is supposed to be on him. Wow. Kante's done. That is done. Kante's now confirmed as going to Saudi Arabia, one of those four big clubs. Kovacic, pretty much done to Manchester City. They're rejecting a bid from Brighton on Colwell. They are expected to come back. Literally, I probably have missed something in there. Oh, yeah, my favourite one, Trev. My favourite one. Blauovic, as they were looking for a forward. Todd Foley offered Juventus up to five players in a trade to get Vlaovic in as a striker. That was the serious rumour, a lot of suggestions from Italy. Naturally, it was turned down because Juventus have got their own financial problems, but the man is just going insane. And the big thing to remember is, Trevor, people are going, why is this being done so early? Why, you know, all the window, etc. 30th of June. I know listeners may remember, or might not remember, to be fair, such a long time ago, Trev. 30th of June, that is your financial fair play day. That is the day you submit your accounts to IE determine what you can spend next year, future budgets. Chelsea are trying to get this all through before the 30th of June, so their figures look sweet again. They've got zero FFP issues, and then also the Premier League's now rallying against Todd and his magic seven, eight-year contracts, all that type of thing. That one's reared its head, but... I kind of love Trev in a way. I hate Chelsea, don't get me wrong. But I love the way Todd Bowley has just ignored every type of standard transfer convention and has just almost, in Star Wars terms, brought a disturbance to the transfer force. I love it. It brings us drama and we're going to be talking about it all summer. It's brilliant. A disturbance to the transfer force is a fantastic way of putting it, man. It really is. And another 
And it seems to be hand in glove with that disturbance to the transfer force. The other big disturbance, the other big sort of unsettling thing is, of course, all that Saudi money we were talking about sloshing around. And just for a second, just to sort of summarize a thing that you said there um, in in the middle of all that, if, if, if we just take a few facts out of it, Kante, I believe, is on his way there. Ziyech, you mentioned, is on his way or likely to be. Koulibaly may well take a payday there. And again, Koulibaly, I suppose, is slightly more in that bracket as is Kante of, you know, the players who have a couple of years left and why not the last contract if people are going to pay them stupid money, why not take the money? And then Mendy as well. But they're not the only ones. And we're going to come to other comparatively highly touted Premier League players, at least one anyway, later on. And most people are raising an eyebrow at that. But this, the two things working together, the the Saudi money and the, the draw of those, frankly, n- nonsense, insane contracts uh, and Chelsea just going around trying to knock over as many skills as possible. There's no way, and I, I fully embrace what you're saying, Chelsea, I'm, I'm, they're right there in the top two or three clubs that I can't stand the most. But this lad and what he's doing uh, for, for our show, it's just pure crack. It genuinely is. And I don't know, Dave, I'm going to choose to be optimistic here. And I think that the resultant carnage and moving parts might end up with the likes of us maybe being able to not necessarily get a Chelsea player, but somebody else in one of these knock-on deals that suits us. That's the kind of thing that we have to keep an eye on because when you bowl in a bowling ball that's 18 times bigger than the usual one, there's going to be some ripple effect. And that's going to be very interesting to watch, right? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's the dominoes are all falling and almost a watching breathe isn't always the worst thing, Trev. It really isn't because you might be able to just strike an opportune deal, especially as the time frame moves on. If, if players can't shift those out, as it were, you know, a club, sorry, I should say, can't shift those players out and they need to make a few quid in terms of FFP, shift players, whatever it may be. So it definitely is a, a watching brief, but they are fascinating. I think like we say, we hate Chelsea. We might have Stockholm Syndrome for Todd Bowley. You know, like the way you build affection for your captors type of thing, if that's the right one. So, yeah, it really is. He's a fascinating character and long may it continue. I oh, 100%. Uh, uh, certainly in the context of, of, of what we do here in this show, uh, I can't be anything more than utterly fascinated by the lad. Um, 
Now, part of the um, um, discomfort that an awful lot of Reds fans are feeling is because Chelsea are doing this. Okay, so you can say, well, that's a crazy way to behave and you can adopt some sort of smug um, uh, uh, moral high ground. Uh, But then when you see that Arsenal are really going for it and City are really going for it and there are other clubs and we know that United probably will. It's just there's not as many stories about them just now. But they have that ownership thing going and who knows what's going to happen there. So uh, the combination of, of, of all these transfer stories around other clubs and people really going for it and uh, sort of um, making statement bids almost, if you like, for high level players. I do understand that that has that kind of um, unsettling effect on Liverpool fans. But let's start with Arsenal because they have gone for a couple of very high profile Premier League players in Kai Havertz and Declan Rice. And unless I'm mistaken, it doesn't seem as if their opening gambits have been successful. Now you've got the complication, and nobody wants to see this, of Manchester City looking to flex a bit of muscle um, around the players they're interested in too, and perhaps one or two we're interested in. Um and of course, then there's also uh, some knock-on effects with lads who have left Manchester City. Um, there's stories with Cancelo and Timber and Thomas Partey as well. Um, uh, 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 and Arsenal's Xhaka obviously is likely to head for the gate. Nearly as much going on here. We'll start with Arsenal and you can fold in the City um, overlap there as well with the players that are likely to be on the move there. Yeah, there really is an intrinsic link between Arsenal and City this summer and the way things are going. So, yeah, if you look at Arsenal, they're trying to do the deal with Chelsea for Kai Havertz, who Chelsea seem quite happy to let him go. There's talk it'll be around £65 million in total, and people will have their opinion on that. But it's not successful yet, but the expectation is that will happen. Like you said, Declan Rice has been a fascinating one. It's seemed nail on, nailed on all summer to Arsenal. It's just about the fee and obviously we've had the reports from Ornstein of rejected this, then further add-ons so it's still haggling. Everyone almost expecting it, the third one will get it done. However, as you says, as it comes to the table today, Manchester City enter the equation so we'll come back to that very shortly. Arsenal as well, quite a few you know, serious journalists reporting. They're very interested in Romeo Lavia at Southampton, you know, trying to avoid the clause there. As we said, Cancelo they'd asked about, got no joy or nothing quite from City based on the price they were looking for. So switched their attention to Jury and Timber. So as has been said, Arsenal had or have had a bid rejected of approximately £30 million, but strong suggestions there. Terms are all agreed with the player. It's now just a case of getting that done with Ajax. So Arsenal are making serious moves. And even on the other side, Thomas Partey, their midfielder, who kind of went missing a bit, Trevor, at the end of the season. He's now being Saudi linked. There's a real expectation that could happen, as well as everyone expecting if Rice or whoever comes through the door, Granite Xhaka completes that move to Leverkusen. So Arsenal are spending or looking at spending serious money. They are going for this. You cannot deny that at all. But The one thing you cannot ignore, as you said, the City juggernaut is now ramping up. Everything was on hold for that Champions League, that treble. You know, everything locked down, forget transfers, we're focusing on that. City are now properly in the game, Trev. Like you said, it's fully expected they put that offer into West Ham for Declan Rice and try and disturb the whole movement there. 
The other annoying thing is as well, people are not going to like to hear this. They are in serious talks for Joseph Gavardial, the Red Bull Leipzig, left-sided centre-back and also play, you know, left-back and exceptional young defender, one that Liverpool have been linked with for a long period, prepared to pay serious money as well. We're talking around the 100 million euro mark around there. Exits as well for City, looking likely Kyle Walker, which we'll come on to later on as well. Bernardo, I mean, we even got an update today that Bernardo's looking at his um, options, Trev. Saudi are a front runner for Bernardo now as well. Like you said, not a player in his pension years, a prime player realistically, but the Saudi money is a real front runner now as well. Crazy. And then even another outgoing, Gundogan. Gundogan is all but waiting to be confirmed as a Barcelona player. On a free, they've offered him that option of two plus one deal. Seems to be popular now, the option of the extra year if certain terms are met. But City and Arsenal Along with Chelsea, they are the clubs to watch. They are ramping up their business. They are spending big Trev. Can't ignore them. Yeah, no. And, you know, yet another disruptor. Exactly what we need. Manchester City firing their money around too. Uh, We can sort of start to, to wrap up the Premier League here a bit by having a look at a couple of things. First of all, it seems to be quite the trend now. And look, I understand it as well. Uh, you know, people do business. They always try to get away with the best deal they can. But it does seem to be low ball season. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. And then let's get to our just basic roundup of other stories one of which will be Ruben, Ruben Neves, which an awful lot of people are looking at Ruben Neves, another one of those guys you talked about in his prime years and heading off to um, grab a, a massive bag of cash. So let's start with the, the some of these low-ball bids we're hearing, which will involve Man United, I think. Uh, and then if you if you can, then let's just do our roundup of other bits and bobs from the Premier League before we finish with a brief European summary. Yeah, the local ones... Really weird, Trevor. I don't know if it's a case of clubs that are just making it public that it's a serious move, an introducer, I don't know. But some really silly bids gone in, let's be honest. Mason Mount, the first bid from United, £40 million. I mean, come on. Chelsea asked for, I think it was £80 million, which is ridiculous as well. But it's not even trying to meet them in the middle, is it? But we do know there's been an increased offer there around the £50 million mark. So they're moving in the right direction. Newcastle's Berea bid. 50 million, like, honestly, what a waste of time. It really was, you know, nonsense. That was, funnily enough, rejected, despite everyone going crazy over it. A bid like that was never going to get accepted. And then Spurs, in true Spurs, Daniel Levy style, 55 million joint bid for James Madison and Harvey Barnes. Paul, you know, what what are we doing here? I know there's low ball and wanting to show you trying to do something, but everyone just looks at that and thinks... That's just unbelievable lack of ambition. It's almost trying to fool the fans. They're, they're seeing through that. So I don't know why people have gone that low. You know, I, I get you on a bargain, but look at the way the fees are going, especially with that Saudi money, which we'll come on to. Not the smartest opening gambits, but can't rule any of them out just yet. The roundup, like you said, Trev, that Ruben Neves one, a player of that age in his prime years going to Saudi, having been expected to go to Barca, that was the... The big thing, but 55 million euros later, Jorge Mendes, Saudi PIF, money talks, and there he goes. It, it just felt like a bit of a game changer, as we say, that one for a lot of clubs that really set the tone that, by the way, 
Saudi money doesn't just now get the pension pot options, you know, for retirees. It can get your main players. It just felt like I say the the one that disturbed the balance in the force that way. Newcastle though took it on the chin in that regard, and initially we thought, is this a serious one? But as it came out literally last night, and the, you know the fee's been talked about now, the deal for Sandro Tonali, the central midfielder number six for AC Milan, is pretty much done, and talk that it's about seventy million around that mark. You know, a big name touted as the new Perlo, maybe not quite lived up to that height but you know from a deep line playmaker a real talent a lot of suspicion as well what's he going to be like from Italy to the Premier League but Newcastle are showing they're serious other tidbits as well an interesting one Renan Johnson the uh, the Nottingham Forest winger Brentford had a bid rejected for him for 30 million you know their real young starlet West Ham this was a crazy one they tried to get Alvarez from Ajax but it looks like he set from Dortmund to replace Declan Rice they lost out on him Pal Hina, the Fulham boy, asked Fulham, quoted 90 million. I don't know what the smoke in at Fulham, but, you know, that might just be the same as a hands-off. Who knows? But West Ham are now seriously looking to try and get a midfielder, as we know. Monchi is in at Villa. That's finally done. So we've got to see what madness and what schemes him and Emery concoct, um, sorry, concoct in that regard. Honestly, there's so much going on. And even as we saw the Saudis, the final one that's worth drawing attention, they went for Son. You know, Son went public on this. They really went for Son at Tottenham trying to get him as well. As he said, he's no interest. It's not about money. It's about, you know, winning trophies, which is kind of ironic because he plays for Spurs, but that's a different topic. You know, playing at the, the top level, the Premier League. So it is crazy, Trev. The window has started and it almost feels like it's transfer deadline day already. But do you know what? We love it. Long may it continue. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, like I say, the, the more moving parts, the better. It keeps us on our toes. Uh, yeah, the, the, it's very interesting, interesting line of, of logic um, from uh, from Sun there. Another lad who uh, lots of Reds' eyes have been uh, enviously um, um, studying over the last couple of seasons, but it just seems as if that window has long since passed. Now, our European roundup is going to be shorter than usual, um, and it is is going to have a Saudi aspect. We'll finish with that. But first of all, let's do a, l- a little bit of a look at Bayern, who you would expect to be flexing some muscle. Um, they are perpetual uh, uh, winners of the, their domestic title and, and, and perpetually running deep into the Champions League. You would imagine that they would have some financial muscle to flex. What do we know about what's going on there? Yeah, we, we kind of signposted them as a club to watch and absolutely zero different there. So the two names to really flag with Bayern are, and it could be, again, I know I love butchering names. So Kim Min-jae, the centre-half, the Korean centre-half who currently plays for Napoli, has a release clause, been sensational this season, Trev. You know, can't, can't understate that. A lot of clubs are interested and all the suggestions are that Bayern have now won that race. So he's coming in as one option. Obviously, as we know, we've heard it all recently, Pavard and Hernandez, two defenders, both expected to go. And one name that just kind of came from nowhere, and it, it's kind of hokey-cokey because it broke expectation, poo-pooed by a lot of UK sources, but now back hard and seemingly you know, quite possible, Kyle Walker. So a year left on his City deal, a veteran, in and out the team at City, but we know City are doing a lot of moving now and shaking in that regard. So there's real strong stories from your usual sources like um, Falk, Plettenberg, that type of thing, that 
Kyle Walker, sounds a bit random, doesn't it? Could well end up at Bayern Munich. But if you think if all that happens, it's a lot of change, but it is essentially two defenders out, two defenders in at Bayern. And I know Walker is an older state or an elder statesman, especially in football terms, don't get me wrong. But if they do get Kim Min Jae, that is a real real coup for Bayern, but they're definitely a club to watch, Trev. They are going to be on the move. We know about Gravenberch potential, all those things. They are going to be one to watch all summer. Now, we mentioned uh, on the last show to finish with another, you know, potentially uh, uh, attractive destination for uh, certain players. There is the American situation with Lionel Messi and what he will bring in terms of star power and uh, maybe a little uh, getting to rub a little bit of shoulders uh, or elbows with some of these remarkable corporate uh, deals that are going on as well. And if you if you're a player and you're thinking money, yes, that is going to be the motivating factor for me, then you may well find yourself doing a little bit of a dance between obviously I would imagine the Saudi cash is a cash fault is a bigger one but there's something definitely seems to be something in the air around about the deals that uh, are going around centering on Lionel Messi and I believe his ex-pals Jordi Alba and Busquets are rumoured to be involved in what in those kind of uh, situations um, and also there's a story about Modric as well. So this is a fascinating little one here. I'm very interested to see how this works. Um, what do we know about what's happening with Messi and the knock-on effect it's going to have on some other really high-profile players perhaps moving to a league you mightn't have expected them to move to if he hadn't been there and those potential deals weren't in situ? Yeah, it's crazy. Now that the US have got Messi, they've got that jewel in the crown. They really have. They've got the, you know, the lighthouse to that others will rotate towards. And now what we're looking at, Trev, is if you're in that bracket of your last payday, you've been a European hero, like you said, the likes of Alba, Busquets, Modric, all those types of players, you're picking. You are really picking. Do you want to go and live in the US, the lifestyle and all that? Do you want the Saudi money? And it's, I'm not judging, and as I'm saying that either way, but they've really got the options on the table. The two things that are being really, you know, emphasised are that Albert and Busquets, i.e. the ex-Barca boys, they are pretty much fancying joining Messi in Miami and very much at the same time as well, Trev. It's that, as they put it, literally the apple pie, the slice of Apple TV, those funds there's good money to be earned there so that's expected to happen nothing definite but fully expected Luka Modric it was a fascinating one because again after Croatia failing another final the Nations League this time he's asked about it you know what's happening with you Luka mate what's going on actually was really honest he said the decision's made the decision's made I know what I'm doing fully expected naturally the question's then well what is it are you staying at Real are you going to America are you going to Saudi well like the way he did it don't need to tell you. It'll all become clear in due course. Let him enjoy his holiday. But Modric has picked. We just don't know what that is yet. So anything's on the table. It really is. He's got all the options. And even then, a name that might be familiar to a lot of people, another player that maybe not quite at their peak, maybe just the other side, but definitely not the sort of veteran or retiree phase by any means. Brozovic, the Inter Milan midfielder. So this has come up recently. 
And again, these are all moving parts. So who knows what happens by the time this goes out? But it's another midfielder of a really good age who's expected, not guaranteed, but expected to move to Saudi as well. Trev, the, the whole Saudi thing, as I said, is just creating this disturbance in the transfer source. Everyone needs to move that headset or the mindset away from it's just the, you know, it's just the re- retirees. It's the Ronaldo, the Messi generation. Absolutely not. Look at the way it shifted. Neves, Brozovic, look at the players they're trying to get. Can you imagine if they actually get Bernardo Silva? What statement that sends as well? You know, a prime player that the top clubs are getting. I'm not saying it'll happen by any means, but imagine if they do. Saudi are here to disturb the European party. It is simple as that. They are going to affect the summer. It's going to have a ripple effect all the way through. It's not going to be dull, which we love. We just can't say which way it's going to go. Simple as that. I just hope we're well positioned under the tree as it's being shook with a nice big basket that we can actually catch some of these potential um, knock-ons and complications and this leading to that, uh, which might result in us picking up a very, very good player or two or having favourable contract um, options on them. it feels like we've touched on a lot of information, David. It is actually quite interesting. I remember one, once or twice last this time last year, it wasn't just that Liverpool weren't doing a whole lot. It was quite quiet. There's a lot of movement now. And like you said, and we've touched on it now several times, these extra factors are really making things interesting, even just from a rumour point of view, uh, never mind from a, a, a hard and fast info point of view. So... I think we'll wrap it up there, man, because there's so much going on. Um, it's so hard hard to keep across all of it because, like I say, so many moving parts. But we will wrap it up there a little bit short of the hour this week with safe in the knowledge, man, safe in the knowledge that there's going to be much, much more uh, of this type of thing um, each and every show because it can't not be that way. It's set up to be that way. So if you're interested, and we know a lot of you do listen to the show, very gratified by how many of you do. Just saw some numbers there recently. Wow. Thank you very much for your ears on our We Show here. We appreciate it, Dave and I. And that just leaves me to give you final word man just a wrap up before we go yeah i think you're right trev it the one thing it's not going to be is dull there's going to be week to week things and it wouldn't surprise us if the things we said now are speculated on the story changes by the time we catch up with you all next week and really just echoing what trev says i mean i've seen the figures as well unbelievable it really is you know gratifying as trev says really do appreciate seeing those numbers seeing the messages coming in so Big thanks to you all for anyone who's listening. And yeah, fingers crossed the transfer summer will continue. (laughs) You said it, man. Uh, It just leaves me to say, as ever, for another show crammed with info and speculation, because that's the mixture that we do here. Cheers, Dave. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index. 
and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.